you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the League podcast always passes their physicals. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How is everybody? It's the middle of April. It's beautiful out. It's Los Angeles. Warm as can be. I'm just savoring this time with Chris Wesseling before he uh, leaves us for a few shows to take a well-earned vacation. Don't don't think that I didn't notice that when Wes came in he, off today, he came in to do the show, he had a little bounce in his step because he's going back to Tybee Island. There's a lot of good things waiting for Wes in Tybee Island on a, a lot of different levels. I have a fair amount of concern, and this is this is fair amount. That he will not return. I'm glad you to say the that West Coast because I was gonna say, and I want a straight answer, Wes. A, are you bringing your laptop with you? These are little hints whether he plans to come back. I am not bringing my laptop with me, and that is a first. I've never gone anywhere without my laptop. All right, number two. What is the percentage chance you return to Los Angeles? Ninety-two <laughs> percent. That's pretty Greg, low. There's really. an eight percent <laughs> chance you lose one of your employees. It's like Dirk Nowitzki shooting a free throw. He misses though. In. He misses. Yeah. I so should I start drawing up a job description, you know, just in case we need to fill a fill a position here? By or? the way, if I were to skip town, I would leave work property in the town I'm leaving. Yeah. So that speaks to the eight percent, the I'm leaving my laptop <laughs> here. That's not cementing him as a guy that's, that's coming true. back for a work laptop. I have unfinished business business here. I, I I it, feel like would, I still need to grow as a person in Los Angeles, so I'll be back. <laughs> all right, that's good. What Unless the, I'm physically tied down like the road, you know, Wildy Coyote and the Roadrunner. What would the mm. j- job listing be for Wes if you had to replace him? I would say football savant, uh, fan of Animal House and other <laughs> uncle movies of the early 80s and late 70s. It would be like bu- bullet points. So also do- does not like other humans <laughs> interacting with them. Huge fan of online internet deals. Reader of books and pub <laughs> yeah, dweller. Mu- must be a good pub reader. Dweller. Great, Outrageous pub dweller. Great at film breakdowns. <laughs> Columns. Voracious right. reader. Did we get that? Occasionally shows up to work with a rash of new flannel shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Big shoes so to if, fill. If anyone out there, this sounds like you. Um, and I can't imagine there's anyone out there that that just lined up you with. Know, see but. a therapist? I don't know. <laughs> and there's an eight percent chance that you'll have a new job. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So we got a big show today. Uh, we will continue our roster reset series with 
Chris Wessling uh, talking about the AFC North, a subject close to the author's heart for a number of reasons. <laughs> um, but before that, we will start as we always do, the gold standard. How are you, by the way, buddy? Doing great. Thank you. Gold Standard rushed in from the building. There was a little bit of a miscommunication about when the podcast was rolling. We were on the second level of this structure looking down, Zach in his soccer shirt, walking briskly to get to the studio today. Did a little frazzled. Oh, to a, yeah, a little, you right, know, to a, a meeting. Cardio. By yeah, the way, yeah. Mark Brady, if you're listening to this, Zach Mark does not have to go to... To your meeting because he had to produce this podcast. It was an emergency. We needed him scheduling, so we're sorry he couldn't make it. Total listener disconnect. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Wait, by the way, Zach, about an hour. I know he, I know he didn't sleep in because about an hour and a half ago, released a tweet, and it was like a Greg Cosell-level tweet about soccer. I have no oh, idea thanks. what the terminology was, but yeah. I could tell you were like deep in the weeds. There was a big game this morning. It was huge. I heard, yeah, I, I heard there are some big football games at all times, at any hour of the day. There's some football game to watch, it seems. That's how it works. All right, let's do some news. Chris Johnson has signed a two-year contract with the New York Jets. Uh, the deal has a base value of $8 million with a, another $1 million available in incentives based on yardage. Uh, Johnson, of course, spent... The last six seasons with the Tennessee Titans before being released. I'm feeling good about this move as a Jets fan, but I want to know what you guys think about the move. I think you saying you feeling good is a little bit of an understatement. You were positively giddy down in the news. Feeling great. I'm fire. I mean, you have talked yourself into this whole Michael Vick and Chris Johnson. How could this go wrong? Offense. (laughs) I don't want to go that far. I do, but the Chris and Chris backfield... Crisscross, as Mark Sessler named downstairs, so you go to him with all the royalty money. That is a nice one-two punch, and the offense is Chris better Ivory, with Chris Johnson of course, being the, the thunder in this equation. Yes, sir. They needed playmaking ability more than any offense in the league, and, you know, they're going to get playmaking ability four years ago. <laughs> well, wow, well, Chris on. skewing negative about the Jets. Stunner <laughs> no, in the Vick podcast Chris studio. Johnson, I mean, these guys are on the Jets right Wait, now forget because, about they're not, Vick. because they're not as good as for, they used to be. Forget about Michael Vick. That's the only well, reason the Jets have them right now. You wrote a high-octane, to use Mark's word, uh, analysis piece about the whole Jets offseason, and Vic was a big part of the that. The Jets had one of the worst, if not the worst, offense in football last year, and especially when it comes to playmakers – uh, they had nobody, essentially. Now, is Chris Johnson the same guy as he was in 2010? No. Is Michael Vick, if he ends up being the quarterback, the same guy as he was in 2010? No. But that doesn't mean that these guys are shot. Uh, both of them have years. And I want to focus more on Chris Johnson because you don't know what Vick is and what where he'll fit in. But Johnson is going to be a big part of this offense. I see you know, he'll split the load with Ivory, but I think he'll end up being the primary ball carrier. He's 28. He's going to be 29 in September. No major injury history. Wes, I know you've said he doesn't have maybe the same lateral movement that he had earlier in his career, but that doesn't – also, you have to factor in that the guy is rushed for over 1,000 yards every year and put him in a new surroundings, get him out of Tennessee. I think it's highly likely that this guy has a very nice season with the Jets. I think one thing we have to point out is that 1,050 yards is a lot different season than 1,500 yards. So every 1,000-yard season isn't – created equal sure 
And I don't, I, you say we don't know what we're getting with Michael Vick. I think he is your quarterback, and it's silly to think that Geno Smith will be. I think we don't know what we're getting with Chris Johnson as much as any player in the league except maybe Sam Bradford. I don't I, know who Chris Johnson is anymore. And I'd be more concerned when you say that he is going forward their lead back. I'd rather see Chris Johnson used situationally where Ivory is more your lead back and the guy you use early on, and you give Chris Johnson more maybe 15 touches a game, 12 touches a game in third down situations because he's not a guy that that's one reason he lost time to Sean Green last year. He's not a guy he's who's going to sustain your offense. He's Sean Green. You guys just got rid of Sean Green running behind the same offensive line in Tennessee. Chris Johnson, 3.9 yards per carry. Sean Green, 3.8. So you're getting but an hold extra on. Ten, you, tenth. But I would rather thing. have Sean Green on my team than Chris Johnson. Here's where, here's where I agree with you. That's crazy talk. <laughs> no, you that's a crazy person talking in the room right now. <laughs> I, I really do. I don't think you believe that. You just Bunsen burner blowtorched yourself. <laughs> but really, I mean, I don't. I don't listen. I know what I'm getting into here. I just understand. Two years, eight million. He's a guy. He fits the spot for them. He's an upgrade over Mike Goodson or or whoever else. And I think their offense and the credit that I think goes to John Idzik a little bit in the fact that they the offense. There's no denying the offense is better now than it was two months ago. And he was able to do that without killing their salary cap, leaving themselves open to sign some of their big young players to deals down the road. They still have their first-round pick and a bunch of other draft picks. Their offense is going in the right direction, and I think Chris Johnson's a part of that. It does allow them in the draft to address other needs, but the thing is, they killed him for being a glacier. But a glacier lasts a lifetime. It lasts ages beyond. He's going to be around long after everyone else. He's the glacier. Think he continues glacier. to add talent. A glacier is a giant ice structure. And it might not, you know, you look at it, whatever, but it's always moving. Thing is just inching, right? It's almost like a superpower. So I'm, listen, I'm fine with Idzik. He's, he's gone to work. I, it's, it's in vogue to rip on adding a guy like Chris Johnson. I'm, I think the Jets have to be, and their Jets fans, need to keep their expectations in check because if that's you're the expecting most important thing. too much from these guys, it's like a nice coat you put on, but what the Jets are underneath is unchanged. They still have issues. I'm looking for a Corey Dillon-type second part of the career where people wrote him off and then he turned out to have some good years left in him. I don't think that's too crazy. Maybe I'm just being I was, optimistic. I was kind of thinking that. We don't really know how running backs age that well. We think we do. But it wouldn't be – I don't think it would be a major shock if he all of a sudden had a bounce back year in a new, new location. And he got $8 million over two years. We don't know the breakdown of how much money in each year, which I'm curious if he's getting, let's say, $3 million this year or four. But that's the top of the running back market, actually. So they gave him the kind of money that you would expect a guy that's going to get the ball a lot to get. He's going to start. I guess so. Moving on, another New York team. The Giants reached a one-year deal with Josh Freeman uh, to become Eli Manning's backup. Freeman, of course, uh, melted down this past season with the Bucks and then Vikings, and now he is a backup, locked into a backup job for at least one year. It says a lot. The silence in the room says a lot. Well, we knew he was going to be a backup, right? Right. I mean, I, I, he could have ended up signing up with a team where maybe at a shot in camp, but obviously that is it. He's... On the bench, uh, barring an Eli Manning injury, which has never happened to cause him this time, Josh Freeman's out of the picture, like Mark Sanchez, for an entire year, most likely. 
I've had a lot of Raiders fans ask me what move I would have made at quarterback if I was Reggie McKenzie. Josh Freeman signed to a cheap deal, uh, not not any guaranteed money, and then not promote him as the savior like you did with Matt Schaub. Hmm. I think Freeman makes a lot more sense as a guy who could maybe be your answer for a few years. And going back with the same offensive coordinator, I would have liked him a lot more in Oakland than New York. Well, and if had Oakland done that with the coaches that knew who Freeman was, that would have made some sense. And that coach, some of those coaches had success with him. I don't think it's a bad move for the Giants, but I think it's more of a an off-season planning move that allows them to have a veteran in place if Manning misses time. I I think it's a great move for the Giants. He's a good backup quarterback with some potential, and your quarterback is not a mobile guy who's coming off of ankle surgery. You're assuming Eli Manning will play 16 games, but you never know. He's getting up there in years, and he's coming off a fairly major surgery. And just, He may be in decline, Greg. Well, I, he is in decline. That's what they're saying. If, if he has another bad year, they're going to have to think about other quarterbacks. And Josh Freeman is a young guy that they're going to have in the building for a year, and they'll know more about him. You never know. It's not the craziest thing in the world to think a couple of years ago that Josh Freeman would be a more valuable quarterback than Eli Manning when Eli Manning's 35 years old. One sticky issue, Tom Coughlin does not roll with players that show up late to meetings. Mm. He rolls on Coughlin time. That's true. <laughs> in, in many times, ways. like show up 17 hours early for a meeting or die. What would happen if Coughlin arranged a meeting with Idzik? <laughs> Interesting He'd be like at Idzik's house trying to shuffle him out of bed um, Other quarterback news, backup quarterback news Matt Flynn agreed to terms with the Green Bay Packers He will be Aaron Rodgers' backup for another season Of course, Flynn signed with the Packers late last season Had um, had some moments, both in his first go-around with Green Bay And then his second go-around And now he's locked in behind Aaron Rodgers course the Packers hope they don't have to lean on a backup again this year Greg and I have a go get my lunch uh sporting competition on this one go get my lunch uh yes the last part's implied oh uh now that Greg is paid up we're back to square one we need more uh we need to get more sporting and this is one I, I don't think Matt Flynn will make the roster Oh, yeah. This is how I know I have a problem. I couldn't remember what <laughs> it was, even though we made it yesterday. <laughs> what? Wait, what is it exactly? It was whether he was going to be on the week one roster. And I've made a lot of sandwich bets in my time, but I feel no better than of any of them than this one. I mean, I'm, Can I get in I, on I'm this a heavy one? favorite yeah. on this yeah. one. I'm in on this one, right? too. Also, Mike, Matt Flynn is the number in? two quarterback in Green Bay. I will have in because Mike, Go McCarthy, get my sandwich. Mike McCarthy said in Orlando he wanted to keep – Flynn and Tolzien behind Rodgers. Will he do it? That's where you're, you're, right. you're assuming that won't Tolzien happen. Too. I, know, I know he likes Tolzien. And they once do. they get into training camp and they see Matt Flynn's arm, they're going to like Matt, uh, Tolzien a lot better. I feel like Antoine Walker right after he makes a three-pointer right now, just <laughs> ready to do a little shimmy. You know what I'm Don't talking about? Don't they know what Matt excited. Flynn's Barely, arm is at this yes, point, I do know. That's not going to be a they surprise. They do. That's why them. they let him sit out there when he was free for the taking last year and rolled with Tolzien and Seneca Wallace. Then why go through the lessons. exercise of agreeing to terms with him and bringing him in at all? If, if they're, if do you they... need three quarterbacks for camp? I would like a chicken parm sandwich with <laughs> you got to win it first. Oh, I okay. think they like Flynn. I mean, they keep bringing the – I don't like him, but they keep bringing him back hell or high water. I, I respect Wes's skills as a mad scientist, but this is truly a difficult equation. I mean, this is one that's cooked up in the laboratory. It's hard for us comic as, folk uh, to understand. As somebody who's covered the league for more than a decade, 
How many veterans have you seen surprisingly cut on August 31st or September 1st? Why would Matt Flynn surprise you? That's that's fair. I can't I don't believe still be an upset. Are you in on the sandwich bet too, Mark? No, because I don't even... Because you don't, no one likes Matt Flynn less than you. You despise the man personally. I would like to see the Packers draft a young quarterback <laughs> and move in that direction. I'm not advising that they keep him, but I have no interest in sandwiches in general. <laughs> so I don't want to. Who are That's you? That's a whole what? different conversation. Who are you? I don't want to. I'm going to lose another. I have like 12 sandwiches Mark, right now. I got some bad news for you. Your Rolando McLean jersey, the Baltimore Ravens jersey you bought on a lark last summer. <laughs> that was gotta, that was really weird. Yeah, that's got that was a weird move. Number one. Yeah, it's staying in the closet. Uh, the former Raiders first round pick bombed in his Baltimore Ravens workout, according to NFL media's Aditi Kinkabwala. Is that properly pronounced? Aditi Kinkawala. It shouldn't be. Yeah, we have heard her name many times, right? I know. I don't know know if I've ever read it on the podcast before. It was a little sluggish in your pronunciation, but it was correct. Soft B, Dan. Yeah. Oh, it's a... uh, Oh, I got you. I think if you weren't looking (laughs) down on it, you would have been able to say Kinkawala. Well, that's not right either. I said it it perfect. Kinkawala. King Koala? King Koala. Is it a bear? It's it's the kiss of the bee. King Koala. It's a kiss of the bee. The gold standard has it. King Koala. No, there's no bee. (laughs) I mean, you don't say the bee. Really? This is your sandwich, Pat. Um, (laughs) All right. So anyway, Aditi reported that the retired linebacker attempted to stage a workout with the Ravens on Tuesday. And then according to someone close to the session, McLean bombed. He showed up late and then couldn't even finish the conditioning test. And then failed to do any of the drills. So, Rolando McLean, uh, once highly touted, at least by the Raiders, we might have seen the last of him. It's weird because Rolando McLean and his agent have been talking up this comeback for six months. Uh, we did a search on our site, and we wrote about it in October. We w- wrote about it in January. You would have think, thought they would have been prepared, right? Greg, I, <laughs> I point you back to the file photo on the internet of Rolando McLean being put into the back of a patrol car. That's why that guy wasn't ready for this workout. Remember when you were like <laughs> 23 years old, just graduated from yeah. college, you wake up and there's potato chips on your chest. <laughs> you, you crack out about noon. You don't know what you want to do with your life. Rolando McLean's only 23, I think. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't seem like he, he knows what he wants to do with his life. He talks about loving football, but he clearly doesn't. Uh, I mean, Ozzie Newsom, they both went to Alabama. It's like he, he went out on a limb and showed some faith. Nick Saban was talking this guy up endlessly as if he's refurbished his entire life. But it's maybe he has or he's working on that part, but the football side, disconnect. It's a good point by Wes, though. I was lazy and directionless right well, out of were college. Were you being offered a, a potentially multi-million dollar chance no, to but get that, your career going? That's also no? why I thought maybe McLean would – turn around it's like you had this moment where he, things didn't go well and maybe he was ready to you know if realize you, if his you potential. listen to this guy talk and read what he's said in the past football is not the number one priority in his life he's conflicted about what he wants to do he's already been married and divorced at such a young age he doesn't really know what direction he wants his mm-hmm. life to go in and he's not a dumb guy either there's also that picture of him being led to a police car does anyone know what i'm talking about with that yeah picture? Yeah, that told me everything I needed to know. The man is perhaps adrift at sea, Mark, as you were once in your life. Sure, I alone. (laughs) Once? Um, (laughs) Speaking of men that have been adrift, or or I guess rumored to be, Brandon Lloyd, out of football last year, um, 
no, a noted locker room lawyer, Greg. Locker room weirdo. Yes, we finally settled. What's I never? Oh have, yeah, good call. I never have uh, figured out what's a locker room lawyer. People always say what locker room lawyer. Zach, do you know what a locker room lawyer is? Have you ever heard that phrase? No, I haven't. He well, knows you, what a pitch well, lawyer so- is. Soccer. don't have locker rooms. I come rooms, from so. a family of attorneys too, so I don't think I'm at liberty it, to discuss the pitch this lawyer. It's something people just throw out there, and I never really understood fully what it was. And we asked Charlie Casserly last right. week in the newsroom. He was sitting near us. It was a great guy to have around you in the office all week. I want to hear Dan's Charlie Casserly impression. So, Dan, Charlie, <laughs> what what is a locker room lawyer, Charlie? Ah, see, that's a great question, see? Uh, you know, a lawyer, a locker room lawyer is someone that, uh, you see, he talks – he talks to the media. He runs his mouth to the media, see? And then he, he talks in the locker room, and he causes trouble in the locker room, see? So that's what happens, and you get a reputation. Something was that like, the was actual like definition? That. There's also some connotation of he kind of, whatever the coaches say, he undermines that. It could be scheme-related, personal life-related, but anything the coach is saying, he's undermining it constantly. And he's got his own little, he's got his own little plan. And he's trying to get people to do that. And it also gets into, like, grievances and employee Most labor matters. Most of these players like wind that. up on television later on. <laughs> I yeah. would assume. Guys, you're, that's a good way to put it, though. Guys who have their own agenda. That's not with the coaching and yeah, the team's that's agenda. Fair. Uh, yes, and that reminds me of the book that Wes has lent me. The um, Wait till next year? Yeah. The Dummy's Guide to How to Be a Locker Room Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. No, the Wait till next year, a book on the 1987 sports year in New York. And Keith Hernandez, an all-time locker room lawyer known as the Prince of Darkness for the way he went about his business uh, with the media really? and with the players. Yeah, very fascinating. This Ooh. is how much sports has changed since I started first started following it. Keith Hernandez, after every game, had a metal bucket full of beers at his knee when the media was interviewing him. He'd just pop open a Bud Light and start holding court. And depending on what his night plans were, depending on how many beers he put back before he left the locker room. Great book. I and, oh, yes, he was smoking <laughs> cigarettes at the time, too. William Goldman and Mike Lupica. Uh, anyway, Brandon Lloyd signs a one-year deal with the Niners. Of course, the Niners are the, de- the team that Lloyd came into the league with um, now a long time ago. Uh, he was out of the league last year, was once the leading receiver in football a few years back, I guess 2010 with the Broncos, um, was with the Patriots, didn't work out there. There were some criticisms of how he behaved uh, in the locker room. Out of football, now back. Uh, is, this doesn't seem to me, you want to talk about if you want to talk a sandwich, but I don't know if this guy is going to be on the roster week one. Hmm. Well, I think we always underestimate how much it takes out of you to be away from football for a year. You're not going to come back in the same shape. He's He was already an aging receiver at before he walked away. It's funny because they keep asking Jim Harbaugh about Quentin Patton, who I think we like in general, thought there's a lot of potential there. And I don't know if maybe they're trying to either push Patton or they're concerned about the fact that Patton is not a legitimate number three for some reason because Harbaugh talked him down, actually, in Orlando. And then they go out and they add... Lloyd, who you'd think this guy will not be on the roster come mm. September, but I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he is on the roster because unless they – think it's still move. Well, it depends who they add from here or not, but they are, they are missing types of players when it comes to the receivers. I, right. I, think, I think he's going to be their number three receiver. Why else sign him? I know he's got to make the team, but you're right. I think it speaks to Quentin Patton. If they had faith in Quentin Patton, they don't make this signing. 
Lloyd isn't your average guy that's been out of the league for a year. He's younger. I think he's 32 now. Uh, turning 30, he's turning 33 in July. Turning 33 in July. So he, he's getting up there, but it's not like Randy Moss when they signed him also out of the league for a while, and then they signed him at 35. He's younger. In the last year he was in the league, he had 950 yards. He was a productive player. He, he was, at times that year, the best wide receiver on a very good team. He Patriots. did take. He took a sabbatical to do a zombie movie, so I don't know. I think we like that, right? <laughs> Well, this would seem to be... I guess it was a movie. By the way, I just said that Brandon Lloyd was better than Wes Welker by mistake. I take that back. All right. No, it's taken back. He was never better than Wes Welker. Is that like a metaphor for his career that he's rising from the dead now? Uh, He's he's undead? There you go. Well, Brandon Lloyd, I think, Greg's probably right. He's probably going to be a number three receiver because what does Brandon Lloyd do well? Gets outside the numbers, works the Hmm. sidelines, works down the field, isn't fast, doesn't do anything after the catch. But he gets outside the numbers, which the 49ers don't really do. He's, but he's also similar to Crabtree and Bolden. He's not good after the catch, so that's where they're different. But they're all good at catching the balls in traffic, the catching passes while covered. They're not really guys that are going to get past you and, and get wide open at all. There was one more item I wanted to touch on. Wes, especially you are the <laughs> resident uh, single man in the group. Uh, and you're also unaffiliated with any NFL team after your breakup, your bitter breakup with the Bengals. So I want to r- roll this by you. The Green Bay Packers, there's a not affiliated with the team, but there is a we- website open for business exclusively for Green Bay Packers fans. And uh, I did some research on this. We did a post on the Around the League blog today. I just want to r- read some of the literature from the site. Uh, Green Bay Packers fans are the most loyal fans around. Just look at Packs diehard fans that tackle the brutally cold winters to storm outside and cheer on the pack attack. I didn't know that was something that existed. <laughs> At our site, you could find other Packers backers, cheeseheads, looking for love, whether you're looking for true love, a long-term relationship, or marriage-minded, just looking for fun, or maybe even just looking for friendship. Doubtful. GreenBayPackersLovers.com is right for you. I think, Wes, you could, if you wanted to, sneak in the back door and be part of this group. My whole life before I moved to L.A., I was staunchly against all dating websites. And I got out here, and Dan's wife one night at happy yes, hour. Yes, the lovely Emily. Emily signs me up for a local, maybe it's a national dating website. I don't know. It's it's national. So I get onto this website. I've never had a date off this website or anything. But um, I've noticed that women are more shallow than men. Hmm. They Ooh, have your, this is gonna get dangerous. <laughs> they have uh, height requirements. off the reservation. They have height requirements, financial requirements, uh, r- racial requirements, <laughs> all over the board. Like they have to be this. So my philosophy is: <laughs> Welcome to Los Angeles. My hey, ladies, is, if you're listening right now, still available. <laughs> look, men, people shouldn't be that shallow, and I feel like. Men are plenty shallow. The best, Come on. the best love is found in un- unexpected places. Okay. The views of Chris Wesseling are not <laughs> indicative of the rest of the Around the League podcast or the NFL media group as a whole. What did I say that was bad? <laughs> no, keep going. That women on dating websites tend to be shallow. Any, okay. Anyway, so I think you find love in unexpected places. So Packers fans shouldn't just be looking for other Packers fans. Mm. Lions now fans? He's, Maybe he's look now, at Lions fans? J-Date shouldn't be just for Jews. Uh, (laughs) Single black people or whatever that is shouldn't just be for black people. Meetfarmers.com. Farmers only shouldn't just be for lonely farmers. I think farmers should stick together. That's one I draw the line there. That passes. Well, it's not just farmers. It's farmers and people that 
are fans of the farming lifestyle. Right. Fair. Like, like people way into agriculture. So what I'm saying is I don't believe in exclusivity. Okay, I got you. And you know what? It is interesting in this time of increased tolerance that these websites are splintering more. Uh, as if we're trying to like put up these walls that we it's, have broken it's down. It's a bad sign. It's like um, it's like news on TV. Republicans have to watch their mm. channel. Democrats have to watch their channel. All and right. the society as whole has no more civil discourse. So you will not be joining this website, is what you're saying? No, I won't. I'm I'm just All glad right. we have our five minute sizzle reel for the Peabody Awards <laughs> this year. We're going to be sending this baby in. Hey, how about the Stitchers? I hope you're listening to that, guys. Wherever you are, if you actually exist as an entity. All right. So good. I'm glad we got that out of the way because it's always good to check in on those matters with Wes. <laughs> Moving on. There's a reason why I'm single. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a special catch for somebody out there, Wes. <laughs> Thank you, I think. The AFC North is undergoing change like all divisions. Chris Wessling, you wrote up our roster reset, which you could find on the Around the League page at NFL.com backslash ATL. Greg, how do you like that? How about NFL.com backslash roster reset. Then that really would have been the next level way to get right to the source. All right, that's the source. Wes, why don't you just give us the start and overview of what's happened in the AFC North since the end of the season? The AFC North is unique in the conference. Patriots, Broncos, and Colts are clearly head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in their divisions. The Bengals won the AFC North, but they haven't really added uh, impact talent, and they've lost both coordinators. The Ravens are much better on offense. The Browns have a new regime and they have talent at every position except quarterback. The Steelers won six of eight games to close out the season. Hmm. This isn't anybody can take it if the Browns get a quarterback division. I agree. I think it's the most intriguing division in the AFC. Could, you could, and you could see the Browns being very competitive. Well, I think you know you? if they if, if you they don't get, a quarterback. get quarterback play, no. Here's the team to me that I'm most curious about. And, Wes, you have them at the top of the list, which says, you know, we rank in the division who's improved the most. You have the Ravens at number one. Obviously won the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Last season missed the playoffs and some weird things happened. And now you think they're the best team in terms of growth in the hmm. last few months. This says a lot more about what they were dealing with last year on offense. Dallas Clark, Brandon Stokely, and Ed Dixon were so bad that Steve Smith – an aging Steve Smith, a healthy Dennis Pitta, and I guess I'd admit an, o- an aging Owen Daniels are a major, major upgrade in the passing game. I would say also that Baltimore quickly found the tools to get a Gary Kubiak-type offense together. I think you're going to see Flacco. You remember the opener against the Broncos with Stokely out there and a bunch oh of nobodies. Boy, it was Flacco threw for, theater. what, 60 passes? You're not going to see those games this season, I don't believe, from Joe Flacco. I think he's set up to have... And improved. They 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 fortified the line too. It's rare I disagree with Wesseling so much that because I look at Owen Daniels and Steve Smith and I see some. If you're lucky, they'll be okay role players. Mm. To me, it's not something that changes anything in a division. They're they're guys that you're hoping are the third and fourth best receivers on your team, and they might not be very good. I wouldn't put Steve Smith out the pasture just yet. All right. I think he's been he's been lashed right. around this offseason and you know what the guy made a as if of he tough wasn't catches. as if he wasn't fourth in the NFL in forced missed tackles. The guy can still run after the catch. Okay. Smith His, perhaps. It, Owen Daniels is I guess it putting him in there and that's really the big 
part of their offseason, these two guys. They, they re-signed Eugene Monroe, which was big. Well, don't underestimate a healthy Dennis Pitt either. That's fair. And Daniels is number two. He's not the number one tight end anymore. Right. But, Talking about guys that might not make the team, Owen Daniels, I think he could be a very good addition or he could be a total washout. The way we, John Harbaugh no has talked about him for the past week, I'd expect him to be a pretty big addition. Wes, let me ask you one more thing about the Ravens. Ray Rice obviously coming off a a miserable season, an even worse offseason with his legal issues. Do you see uh, the Ravens? Obviously, it seems like his roster spot is safe, but do you see them maybe using the draft and maybe starting to phase someone else in that becomes the their feature guy? I wouldn't expect them to draft anybody in the first three rounds. Um, and I, w- I would think if they're going to ease somebody into the feature guy, it would be Bernard Pierce. And, you know, Breer last what night. What happened to Pierce last year? Well, Breer is in Baltimore, and he was talk. He basically reported last night that they added Justin Forsett, but they're looking to add, along with him, maybe two other running backs, mm. and that they aren't sure who their starter is yet, that that may come from who they add. Now, that's not free agent market, so I don't know if it's they're going to draft someone to take carries away from Rice. I'd it, expect that to be like fifth rounder. I don't. I really don't right. think that anybody's – they're not going to bring in anybody nearly as good as Bernard Pierce or Ray Rice. By the way, Greg, to answer your question, Bernard Pierce saw that he was on my top 30 running backs list last year, and he crumbled under the pressure. The weight of expectations. <laughs> Him and much. Sean Green, right? Wasn't yep. he on that Shawnee list? Sean made the back end of the list as well. Shawnee. Sean, I see another person that likes Sean Green over Chris Johnson. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> Wes. Mark's team, Mark, they are your favorite football team, have been since childhood. That's not really the point of this. But, Wes, you think they have also gotten better? Yeah, I think Ben Tate's a major upgrade at running back. They've gotten a couple wide receivers they didn't have last year. Andrew Hawkins is pretty good in the slot. Uh, The defense, I think that's pretty even trade. Carlos Dansby and Dante Whitner for Dequell Jackson and T.J. Ward. It seems like Patton wanted to bring in two guys who would help him install his system and play along well, veterans who have been, been around and can teach the younger guys. So I think they look like a slightly better team. You are you pleased with the offseason, Mark? As a Browns fan, it's a B, B plus, the new regime. I mean, I'm not displeased with it. I I think we nailed it up top though. That, that if Brian Hoyer is not, you know, a franchise guy, and we've seen nothing, the, the, what we've seen is far too limited to really know that they need to find a quarterback or the story remains the same. They're not going to – we talked about this months and months ago after he hurt his knee coming off the, the strong little run of play he had. There's not going to be a scenario where the Browns actually get behind Hoyer to the point where they don't look at the top of the draft at quarterback, right? That's not going to happen, is it? I think the problem a little bit for any of these teams <laughs> up in the top seven, eight picks is like you do you do you have a quarterback that you pick there that you aren't overvaluing? I don't know the answer. I just think that it seems like that group of quarterbacks, there isn't that Andrew Luck guy out there. There isn't the they're RG3. Gonna, they're taking a quarterback. There is no chance. At number four? Ch- no, not maybe not at number four, but there is no chance that they get out of the first two rounds of this draft. I would say two rounds, maybe three, without taking a quarterback. They have first-round draft. Right. Picks. They have yeah. three picks early in the draft. One of those picks is going to quarterback, I, I right? It'd be I a shock. I couldn't agree more, but I, I think then you land, then you suddenly have – uh, like a Derek Carr as your franchise quarterback, and I'm not. We just don't know what that is. I mean, there's there's no doubt. There's a lot of pressure on Kevin Costner right now, and <laughs> it's one of those situations. Where, no, I don't know. What last what draft odds? day joke ever? <laughs> what are In the, the odds that a yeah. veteran not on this roster, specifically Rex Grossman, starts Week One? 
Ufa. I think that's a disaster. I mean, over yes, Brian I. Hoyer, that would be a disaster. You have a better Why? chance of staying in Tybee, I think. Why would Brian <laughs> Hoyer coming off an ACL injury seem like a great bet to start week one? I, I don't I don't see I it. Think, I think that he um, has a fan in Pettin, but, but you're t- if you talked about someone else, maybe Rex Grossman, I understand that he knows Shanahan's offense, but... That's outside of that. What's the upside? I think if you put a Rex Grossman against Brian Hoyer coming off an ACL injury and make it a fair competition, Grossman will look better than Hoyer. Yeah, in I would pre-season. take. I would take Grossman too. But the Hoyer nobody thing, wins in that situation. The Hoyer yeah. thing mystifies me. A guy who was a fourth quarterback that nobody wanted a year ago plays three okay games and then has a torn ACL. And you're counting on anything but just competing for a two or three spot. You want to know, Greg? You want to know what the difference is? And you're, and you're looking at him as a guy that couldn't get a snap, obviously, ever in New England. But in Cleveland, three good games or in a Pittsburgh row. Or Pittsburgh or Arizona. Well, but three good games in a row in Cleveland after what's happened is one of those things that's memorable to that fan base. That's the difference. But it's dangerous, I think, just because of, of the sample and size. Of course it is. And it's a new coach. He wasn't but, even there last year. He, but he has no memory of that. You do see the difference, though. That's why in Cleveland that sticks out a year later. We had three good games in a row. But that's fans that's dangerous. thinking. That's not a te- I'm surprised the team would think that well, way. We don't know what the team thinks. But that kind of goes back to what we were saying. Like That's the dangerous thing, that because you've had no success – this guy that was basically a nobody has a little bit success, and then you put too much stock into that just well, because you've had nothing. They just cut the other two quarterbacks that even had playing time. Greg is right. They're going to draft someone. He's going to be given every chance to compete. Rex Grossman will probably will be on the team a week from now. If To answer your question, if he's starting week one, that is ripe territory for you to go all out as you did last year on Cleveland's group of quarterbacks. You will have a field day. It is an epic disaster if he starts week one. All right. You are a factory of sadness! Let right. us just digging right. it in there, Sorry. Zach. I love when Cecil gets intense. It makes me it makes me feel alive. The Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Chris Wessling, who, by the way, the pointing, which usually happens at me, was going at you. There was sweeps, <laughs> well, it's a disaster. sweeps of the right arm I mean, what toward if I Wessling. Asked you, how would you feel Powerful. if Rex Grossman was the Jets starter a week? What a disaster! Listen, I just caught heat earlier in the pod about Chris Johnson. Was, we got, we got to deal with this what sometimes. a disaster. Uh, listen, don't even get you worked up. I really think it's a possibility. Wes well, is a, a man without a country. Greg has known nothing but glory for the past 15 years. They don't know what it's like, but I know what it's like, Mark. Wes, oh, Pittsburgh I Steelers. Like. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, and Greg did before, long ago. He knew as well. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the youth movement, is it finally on? I think it is. Uh, I think we've seen them release some guys. And I, Greg and I talked about this in the newsroom yesterday. I think the guys they've lost aren't that great. They're just average starters. That's who, that's who Lamar Woodley's been the last three years. Mm. That's who Emmanuel Sanders is. That's who Ryan Clark is now. Jericho Cotri. These guys aren't hard to replace. So I, I think they, they're fine with the youth movement. And I think, really, this draft for them is as important as any draft for any team. They need a big physical wide receiver and a guy who can come in and be their number one quarter, cornerback. You know what they need is Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger and an offensive line that, in theory, has some talent to it to own this division. They have the most continuity of any group in this division. They're the only team that has the same offensive coordinator as a year ago, right? I mean, Kubiak, to me, is a big upgrade in Baltimore, so that's a plus. But they have continuity. They need this offense to be great because when you look at the defense, it's not that exciting. And the guys they add this offseason, Mike Mitchell is the headliner of their free agent crop. One thing to note on their offensive line, when they moved Kelvin Beecham to left tackle over the last eight games of the season, they gave only seven sacks in eight games. 
Mm. That's a major, major upgrade. So yeah, they have solidified their offensive in line. In rare consistency because that line, you know, and also look at who's who's the coach of that line now. That is a huge Mike upgrade Munchak. for Pittsburgh. And Marquise Pounce, he missed the entire season. He's coming back. I, one thing about Pittsburgh where I think they pulled something away from what Baltimore would have liked to do, LeGarrette Blunt. I think that's a nice addition for mm. Pittsburgh to pair with Bell. That would have been a great fit for the Ravens. And that's stealing from your rival right there, in my opinion. They should have the best offense in the division by far. And plus they add my boy Lance Moore. They, what a weird free agent crop. Not that mm. I expect Lance Moore to be that great, but Moore, Mike Mitchell, Darius hayward Bay, and LeGarrette Blunt. That's a motley crew. Well, that's it's, pretty, it's weird that's, that they sign anyone because they never say, do that. That's like high-level yeah. acquisitions for the Steelers. That's right. kind of a typical Steelers thing. Right. They usually go for below-average starters at discount rates. Uh, finally, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Wes, <laughs> you, you wrote it. Very well, I thought. It was a nice turn of phrase that the franchise's unprecedented streak of three straight playoff appearances led to a, quote, brain drain with mm. offensive coordinator <laughs> Jay Gruden and defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer each landing head coaching jobs elsewhere. Now it's Hugh Jackson and Paul Gunther. They're asked to take the lead, and you think that's going to be a major issue for the team. Well, Zimmer particularly. I thought he was, for the last few years, the best assistant coach in the NFL. I mean, he's been spectacular as the, as their defensive boss. I, I don't think that losing Jay Gruden, if you're promoting Hugh Jackson, is a big loss. Jay Gruden's fine. I just think Hugh Jackson's really good and has been underappreciated himself. I'd almost call Jackson an upgrade because of what we've seen. A, he's a good play caller, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but he's kind of talked about getting Andy Dalton back to what Andy Dalton is. I like that. I, I think this is an upgrade for the Bengals. Not on defense, though. I I totally agree because the passing game we've seen it and we've seen what Jackson has done in his previous spots. I I'm more optimistic about their offense and I'm much less optimistic about their defense now than a year ago. Okay, Wes, and what what is the loss of Michael Johnson to this team? He's been one of their best pass rushers. I guess they're counting on three guys coming back from injury: Geno Atkins, Leon Hall, and a guy I really like, Emmanuel Lemure. Mm. who is a speedy, rangy linebacker who's going to take James Harrison's spot. With these three guys coming back, maybe they can make up for the Harrison loss and the Michael Johnson loss. Aren't the Bengals just due to slide back to the pack? Well, It's overdue. Well, historically, yes. They're always due to slide back to the pack. But just even as a... (laughs) Any team that makes the playoffs three straight years as the 11th or 12th best playoff team and doesn't win a game, it just... They just feel ripe for a 6-10. and ten. Saturday, The first Saturday of the playoffs won't be the same without them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that is the AFC North. We will conclude our series on Friday. What's left? We have one more. We've got the NFC North on Friday, and we're also going to give you our winners and losers from the whole shebang. It will be an overview, a shebang situation. Wes, you will not be there, and we will be hurting without you. But you know where to contact me. Yeah, we will. We're <laughs> going to touch base. We did, of course, during the season, famously, uh, for our listeners anyway, call Wes at his local establishment. Uh, what is it called? Huckapoo. Huckapoo's Bar in Tybee Island. We called up the bar and got Wes on the phone at some state. We're going to do that again. Maybe. You don't know, and we'll, we'll never know. We're going to call whenever. We're just going to assume you're at the bar, though. It's fair. It's you fair better assumption. come back to us. <laughs> yeah, 8% chance West does not come back. Let's hope that the odds are with us. Patra's in Chicago being like, don't come back. Yeah, don't <laughs> come back. I'm getting Monster. that chair. All right, Wes, well, enjoy your time and definitely come back to us. 
Uh, we will be back on Friday, as I said. Signing off, this is Dan Hansis for the mailman, the boss, the sizzler, and the gold standard behind the glass. See ya. It was, it was like a little... Yeah, like... Wow. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.